take an in-depth look at Jack Sears Trophy, the history of the competition and how it's developed over the seasons and the possibility for this year's challenges. Yes, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we are looking at the Jack Sears Trophy, a kind of forgotten trophy in a way. It's almost crammed in sometimes to the show but as, a, as a side note of, oh, and by the way, he's won the Jack Sears class today, if we even get that. So, Sam, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, it's been a little while since we've done one, a little bit rusty to it, um, but enjoyed doing some research for this one as well. Um, as you say, it's something that doesn't get broadcast about too much um, and a lot of people probably don't know exactly how it works well I must admit I wasn't really aware how new it was to be honest with you um, or uh, even you know, the, the original reason it was bought in you know, it's one of those things that I hadn't realised hasn't you know, not even been around for 10 years yet uh, but it's certainly a good trophy it's a good system and it's a good idea it just doesn't get the love it deserves on the coverage which I understand because I've got to fit in all the support packages and there's interviews to be done and a million adverts for quick fit to run and old age pension insurance what have you because that you know those adverts need to be played so it kind of gets squeezed out but even when we go to live events kind of the podiums for Jack Sears don't really get much coverage it's not big is it they don't, they don't even get a step on the podium they're just a little bit tied aren't they oh this person has won the Jack Sears for this race and and it's sort of like by the wayside a little bit um, and it's normally those drivers on the grid that we don't hear much about um, because of the regulations and the rules around the championship and how it's developed over the seasons. Now it's for the drivers that obviously haven't had a podium yet. Um, and it's normally the drivers that are new into the sport and that probably need that extra leg up and a little bit of um, broadcasting space to actually get their name out there and be noticed. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be really cool if they could do an interview with the Jaxiers round winner like they do the top three race winner that uh, race class sorry that they could do a quick interview with even if it's just a one minute well done good race and they go yeah thanks Louise it was great you know, at least that's a little yeah. bit more exposure for them but as I say I understand that uh, you know we already get a lot out of ITV4 with the fact that they do um, give the whole day's racing uh, I saw a picture on Facebook of some historic BTC coverage you had to wait about two days after the event for a, a highlight package it wasn't shown live it was you know the highlights of from Fruxton in our show you know two days yeah. after the fact so you know we've got to be grateful what we have but I do think the Jack Sears could get a bit more love so we're here to just up you know bring people up to speed on what the Jack Sears is and, and why it's such a, a good and important uh, trophy yeah as you say it's it hasn't been around for too long um 2021 will be its ninth season uh started all the way back in 2013 under some quite vastly different regulations to what we experience nowadays really yeah so back in 2013 it was initially for the older spec cars basically there was a a, a new spec was ball in which meant the field was split pretty much into two categories the p competitive new cars and the older S2000 spec cars that were beyond their day, but LG picked up cheaply because teams were getting rid of the old spec to go to the new specs. You could pick one up, I say cheaply, but you know, for people for people looking for a way in, it was a cheaper option. As you say, it was the chance for the independents to sort of like get their foot in the door, show what they could do in 
in a car that was, yes, old in the grid, but in its own class, between them could still be very competitive. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it gave, as you say, it gave the people, you know, the chance who weren't necessarily fighting at the front with the brand new spec cars to have their own competition. Similar in a way to Porsche's Pro-Am category. I know yeah. they race the same equipment, but a similar kind of setup. Um, and it's not the first time BTCC has run different class systems. I mean, the 90s and early 2000s was built on different class systems. I, so. I mean, take it all the way back to the start when touring cars first got going. You had these big American muscle cars against minis. And they they were sort of like competing together on the same track, but obviously within different classes as well. Um, and it's interesting how we've gradually lost that over the years. And people are always trying to get the, the newest equipment and be the most up-to-date it's sort of like lost lost those levels of competition and now it's down to driver levels or on how experienced they are or how new to the sport they are. Yeah, I mean, we're off on a slight tangent, I think one of the reasons for that is because there is only really two main teams in the sport now. So you either pick up a second-hand BMW or you pick up a second-hand Honda. Yep. Um, they are the two biggest teams or have been the two biggest teams over the last 10 years in the sport. Um there's a, pop, a couple of exceptions along the way. Obviously, you've picked up MG6s over the years and some Volkswagen CCs. But, you know, generally speaking, it is Honda. I mean, there was, that, there was that ridiculous season where everything was a Honda, wasn't it? Everyone had a Honda Civic. It was yeah. a, the, it should have been the British Touring Car Honda Association. Yeah. But that's that's just because of the way touring cars have developed. Um, but as you say, it's nowadays, it's a chance for drivers who haven't scored a podium to compete in their own championship um, and be awarded points and indeed silverware for their finish in the race. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. an excellent initiative that um, Mr. Gow has has developed, shall we say, obviously transferring from the days where they had the different classes into now, and it gives a little bit of sort of like encouragement to those drivers down there who may not be fighting for the points every weekend. They might be fighting at the back, but they're fighting in the back of their own little group with their own people, their own little championship, and they may get some surprise results high up in the points and, and win the Jack Sears Trophy for that race or that weekend. But they still get the nice bit of silverware at the end of the day when, they, when they've won. I was going to say, I think that's the key is that there is silverware yeah. on offer. You know, it's not just a token, you know, pat on the back. And, you know, but this is a chance for the, those sort of drivers who aren't going to be at the front week in, week out uh, to race for silverware. That's the whole point of racing, you know, to take home the cups and the trophies. And this gives a real good chance to people. And when you look at the winners of the Jack Sears Trophy, most have gone on to achieve quite a lot in the touring cars already. So it is a really good stepping stone uh, to get your name noticed as much as anything else. Yeah, so the the Jack Sears Trophy in itself hasn't always been known for those drivers, mainly at the back of the grid or um, those who haven't scored podiums before. I believe it was also at least one year for the most amount of positions made, was it not? Yeah, it was. It was. I can't remember what year, year that was. It might have been 2015, because that's the year Cook yeah. won it. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting how it's developed over the years. But if we go all the way back to 2013, when it was the uh, S2000 spec, uh, the winner of the Jack Sears Trophy that season was Lee Wood um, in a Vauxhall Vectra, one of the old Vauxhall Vectras at that time. Um, yeah, do you, do you remember those old long boats and square boxes Vectras they were? To be fair, in 2007 when VXR raced them, they were very they quick cars. They were quick. So quick. You know, they were, they made the Leons look like, um, well, snails in comparison. They were so quick. Got Giovinazzi two titles, didn't it? Giovinazzi, yes. 
that one even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah, he Giovinazzi is the F1 driver who, as far as I'm aware, has not won the British Touring Car Championship. No, no. no. Although he might have more success than he does in F1. Yeah, quite possible. That would be a good crossover in years to come, maybe. <laughs> oh, dear. Moving on to 2014. Um, Dave Newsham won it, um, a name some yeah. of you may know. What happened like, to him? He just dropped out of the sport, didn't he? He had yeah. a couple of good seasons after winning the uh, Jack Sears in the Ford Focus. He sort of like moved on to, I think, Power Maxed. Yeah, I was going to say. He was, with, cruise. he was one of the drivers I thought might be in that seat this year as a, you know, as mm. a possibility because he, you know, if not spectacular, was a pretty decent um, BTC runner. Yeah, he 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 was at the older age of the spectrum, so we shall we say he's fifty three now. Um, had a hundred and eighty starts in the British Touring Cars, if I can read correctly. Yeah, hundred and eighty starts with two wins along the way. Um, he he had some decent success in the touring cars. He was still yeah. still racing for um, Norlin in twenty seventeen. Really? Yeah, in the cruise wow. time. Time is just a blur these days. Uh, 2015 is the, I think, the real change in things where you start to see drivers that use this as a stepping stone. Um, yeah. Which Josh Cook in a Chevrolet Cruze uh, won it in 2015. Uh, obviously, Josh Cook is now fairly well known on the grid and has battled four chi- uh, championships uh, and race wins and podiums, etc. And he is what normally at the front of the grid if his car's not breaking down on him. Yeah, he's had uh, eight race wins since that year. In fact, in that year that he won the uh, Jack Sears, he managed to get a podium at Rockingham and uh, finished 15th in the championship overall. Um, which is is good, as you say, stepping stone into what skills and qualities you need to be able to run in touring cars. Yep. Uh, 2016 saw a little-known driver who's not gone on to achieve a great deal since in Ash Sutton. Yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> yes, where, he, where, where he's been, really. <laughs> I, no, I, no, I, forget, I forget that he won this, um, and he's gone on to great successes since then. Um, From memory, he won it solidly as well um, that season. Yeah, I mean, he took a win in that season um, at Croft. In fact, he had a fantastic round at Croft. He had a, a third, a fifth, and then a win. That was, I think, the last season that car was properly competitive. Yes. Yeah. Because then, because um, that was the then it changed into or continued being the RCIB Auto Aid insurance car in that blue and orange and white, which I think is the the year yeah. after, which is um, when Aaron Taylor Smith was in it. And Rory. Butcher yeah, quite possibly. For a while yeah um but yeah that mg6 that was the um red and green um was it triple eight sponsored yeah i believe so from the season before it was triple eight sponsored yeah it was the red and green outfit and him and cook were teammates yeah. that year yeah good um, combination those but two. yeah certain one it yeah and good friends as well so certain one it that year 2017 saw uh power max win again with senna proctor him he developed so much in that year in that Astra um, I think he had mm. did he have Goff alongside him that year um, or was that the year after uh, no wasn't it Chilton oh, it could have been yeah um, and he he was he's still really young now but he was even younger at the time and did really well 
in his first season. Um, he got, let me just have a look. Didn't manage to score any podiums that season, but only retired twice, uh, which is good, good consistency. Um, and got him where he needed to be to win that that trophy coming into the championship afresh. Uh, to confirm, it was Tom Chilton and a guest appearance at round nine from Robert Huff. Um, I think Chilton was contesting the World Touring Cars that season as well. Um, so Rob Huff stepped in. But yeah, it, it, Proctor was yep. at Chilton that year. That was Matt Jackson's last year at Team Shredded Wheat, oh, uh, yes. I believe. Yes. And then... Yes, yes, yes. The, we all <coughs> yeah. know that story, so we'll move on from that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Proctor was that was sort of his, yeah, real breakout season and look, announced himself on the BTC stage. It's just kind of surprising since then. He's not really stayed at a team. He's sort of hopped about, and this year the music stopped I, and he's not sat down. I can't quite believe that he hasn't got a seat for this year, um, knowing how much uh, sponsorship and money that he can bring with him that a team wouldn't want to pick him up especially he's a driver that's taken a win on the grid yes only one but he would have four nearly five years experience behind him in a touring car and i think he'd be a really good driver to um develop a car and he finished ahead of smiley last season yeah that's the that's the bonkers thing um yeah. i've not actually seen what his plans are but i would be if i was putting money i reckon he might turn up in the minis would be my yeah, quite possibly. Um, I wonder if he might go down a little, little bit of a different route and possibly Porsches, although I don't know whether their field is full yet. Or go completely off the track, as it were, and go GT, which is always an option. Yeah, yeah um, very much so. Anyway, uh, following Proctor was another driver who's not on the grid this year, um, albeit a late uh, late decision, Dan Camish. They yes. won it in 2018 in the Honda Civic. No one was stopping him, was were they, in that year? Obviously, he'd come straight from the Porsches, having dominated in that, and dominated in the Formula Fords, and in this and that, and everything else. And he just came in and did exactly what he needed to um, to take that title in 2018. Obviously, in, in one of the best cars on the grid, so you would expect it. Yeah, I mean, that, that can sometimes be the only downfall of the current format of the Jack Sears, if you get somebody in a, uh, a front-running team who is a rookie and therefore hasn't got a tro- hasn't got a, qu- a, a podium even, yep. then they are pretty much going to walk the Jack Sears, which is unfortunate, but I'm not sure how you can really get around it. But, you know, he beat Chris Smiley that year. Uh, Cameron's got 444 points. Smiley got 358. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's not much of a competition, really... was there? No, that's a strong, strong... Um, competition that year that also featured Matt Simpson Rory Butcher Ollie Jackson Tom Oliphant Daniel Lloyd Mike Bushell Bobby Thompson Jake Hill Ricky Collard uh, Glyn Geddy as, a, as some sort of standout names in there uh, Michael Caine uh, so a pretty tough um, board but when you have a car that superior you expect to win although perhaps not as dominating as he did yep. in 2019 Rory Butcher came flying through the field to um take the Jack Sears trophy in the same year that he also took the independence title and the independence team title because everything for the team that year just gelled yeah, it just well, all came together almost. at once didn't it apart from yeah apart from obviously the sad stuff with Tord off obviously yeah. but um, but yeah you're right I mean he won that fairly convincingly um, 517 points beating Tom Oliphant uh, who was in the BMW lest we forget uh, 481 points for him 
Uh, yeah, Butcher did really well that season. That was his sort of commanding breakout yeah. season. Um, certainly in the touring cars, he announced himself on the stage there. Wasn't as strong a field, if I'm being honest. Oliphant was his closest competitor. Then you had the likes of Bobby Thompson and Dan Rowbottom, Carl Bordley, Michael Kreese, both from their debut seasons, of course. Um, so it wasn't the most taxing, but I mean, you can only beat what's in front of you. And to beat the BMW over a season is pretty impressive in its yeah, own right. Yeah, very much so. And then last season, obviously, we had Michael Kreese pick up the win um, in what was a, a fairly closely contested season between him, uh, Bobby Thompson, and Carl Bordley for the m- most part of the season. Obviously, unfortunately, Bobby Thompson wasn't able to finish the season due to that massive, massive barrel roller and Croft. Um, I think if he'd gone on to finish the season, then he would probably have just clinched the Jack Sears trophy. Um and it's a case of what could have been for Thompson that year because he, he was looking like he'd got some pace back in that ageing S3 um, but Michael Kreese was there to, to pick up the points at the end of the season to take him to the title Yeah, I mean you say it was close but you're looking at the things Michael Kreese won a hell of a lot of the Jack Sears uh, rounds yeah. that season um, I think Bobby was just held by the fact that when he had that sort of resurgence almost at, uh, in the latter part of the season that he's just really exploding starting to get him really high place finishes as well um, at the front but yeah I mean actually when you look at it Kreese won a lot and Sam Osborne won more than I thought he had done if I'm being honest with you um, kind of I've got a man of last year's he was obviously in it with uh, likes of Gornell um, and Rivette also took a round which is quite impressive he took a round at yep. um, Brands Hatch um but yeah, last year, as you say, it was, it was an interesting one, uh, won by Kreese, which meant it was a hat-trick for Honda Civics, winning, winning three in a row, which means that Dan Robot yes, will win it this probably. year. Um, shall we go through the entrance for the championship this year? Um, no, I'm going to segue a little bit, because we've said, we've said, we've said a, a term for a long lot of this podcast, which is Jack Sears, but we haven't actually said who that Jack is Sears is, true. who is he? Um, he is a former racing driver of the 50s, I believe. Yep. Well, yes, he was the inaugural champion of the British Saloon Car Championship, yep. as it was back then, hey, 1958. Uh, and would later go on, you're close enough, and would go on to win again in 1963. Uh, British, British race and rally driver known as Gentleman Jack. Uh, he first won, as I say, in 1958 in an Austin Westminster, which obviously is one of the fiercest <laughs> race cars around. Uh, that was quite an interesting year because he was level on points with his um, competitor. So they did a time trial at Brands Hatch in the wet I've where they both drove each other's cars. And it is. Yes, it is amazing. It's amazing, um, isn't it? And as you say, they, they drove each other's cars to try and figure out a champion. And the, the gap taken at the end of each race was then averaged out between the two races. And he took it by four tenths or something yes. like that. 1.6 no, seconds. 1.6 seconds. It's a really interesting way to end a championship. Yeah, because they both had to do laps. I think it was five laps in their car, then five laps in the other person's car, and then they averaged it out, which I think is a really interesting way of doing it because yeah. you then take out any potential bias um, in the car. I'm not sure that's how it'd be settled now, but a really cool way of doing it. And, of course, it was in the absolute driving rain at Brands Hatch, it? so it yeah. was a really exciting. 
Yeah, you, you thought the race uh, <laughs> ones and three were wet last nope. year, Brands. <laughs> you ain't got nothing on that one. Um, and he'd go on to win again in 1963. Uh, he contested six years and took 12 race wins. So that's Jack yeah, Sears in a nutshell. He's a driver that many of us will probably not realise that we know about. But there are corners around Britain. Certainly uh, used to be at Snetterton. You used to have Sear, which was named after him. Um, yeah. And you'll see all sorts of different corners named after drivers that have been great to the past, like Surtees and and yeah, exactly. Jim Clark, Jim Clark S's, Hawthorne, Hawthorne. It's just they're drivers that are synonymous, synonymous with Paddock Hill, synonymous with the sport. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, he's got the title or the the trophy named after him. Um, yeah, which is only seems right as the inaugural winner of the of the touring cars so anyway going back to eligible drivers for this season um, a fairly good bag yes, to pick from um, I think there aren't as many this year I don't believe as we had last season um, we've got a good handful from last season and of course we've got some debutants coming into the championship this season yep and of course Michael Kreese can't um, contest having won he cannot contest I'm not sure if he's eligible for next year if he doesn't get a podium this year, though. No. I'm not sure on the rules on that. Um, but he's not allowed... If you win the trophy, you're not allowed to contest it for the next year, which I think is a bit odd if you've still not got a podium. I mean, fair enough if you're Camish yeah. and you're out winning races and getting what have you, but if you've still not got a podium... It's kind of putting really? the That's emphasis on, right, you've, um, you've done this step now. Now your next goal is to reach that those podiums yeah. or those race wins or... Or whatever. I suppose if you get picked up by a bigger team, that the expectations you probably will get a podium. So if you've gone from, with the greatest respects, um, the Vauxhall Astra Proctor in, into BMW, for example, you you expected to go and yeah, or for Oliphant even when he went from his um, Mercedes tools, yeah. Mercedes thing into BMW. I suppose the expectations you will get podiums. Therefore, take you out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, eligible drivers. Uh, this season we have uh, one of the constructor entries, which is Sam Smelt, who has only had one previous season in the touring cars, having scored zero points. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he rolls out, how he gets used to the Corolla. We have Carl Bordley this year in the Infinity Q50, along with in the Laser Tools Racing Camp. We have Nick Hamilton will be back um, in the yep. Leon Cupra, along with Glyn Geddy. Sam Osborne and Andy Neat, both at Motorbase, will be looking to contest the title as well, alongside Jade Edwards at BTC Racing, completing her first full season, we hope, in the British Touring Cars. Rick Parfit Jr., um, brand new to the sport, well, brand new to the championship, not brand new to the sport. Um, he will be looking to, oh, I don't know, with him. It's really difficult to judge him because he's got a good racing pedigree in GTs and stuff like that, and he, he's a almost like celebrity who has come into racing and and hit the ground running and um, done really well yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how how well he fights in this championship alongside him will be jack Boutel, who had his first season in the championship last year alongside adam morgan in that mercedes and did relatively well actually um yeah and finally we have dan robotton coming back after his season out in the team dynamics honda civic now who were we looking at for favourites or people that should be at the sharp end of this championship? 
Well, I think if you're going to put favourites, before we go into actual predictions, um, there's almost two categories of favourites. I think you've got to say Smelt and Robottom are based purely on equipment beneath them. Two proven cars that you expect to be quick. I mean, I know Dynamics had their problems last year, but Cowish was still quick. Yep. Um, and, you know, that car should be quick. And that Toyota looked... I mean, I know Ingram was used to the car and developed a lot but that car looked on rails for so much of the season that that should be a car to watch out for but the flip side that is that Smelt is relatively inexperienced and whilst Robottom's got a decent racing pedigree away from the touring cars he's still quite inexperienced at this level as well. They've only got one season behind them in touring cars Um, so when they're at the sharp end of maybe if they're battling together for these championship points in the Jack Sears whether they'll be able to Oh, sort of like calculate and understand whether to take the risk to get that extra position or to Turkington it. And then when you look at um, drivers who might have the experience, you're looking at Carl Bordley, Nick Hamilton, and Andy Neat all have a fair bit of experience at this Very level. Much I mean, so. you know, they're not rookies, um, so they should be on paper, experience-wise. There, and you got the other variables who in Gezi. Edwards, Parfit and Boutel who are perhaps not as experienced but have very good machinery underneath yeah. them. So it's a really interesting one. If we're going to go predictions, I have got a top three. Uh, I have three drivers but not not necessarily in an order. <laughs> okay, well I'll go for the order first then and then you can shock, moan and then give me a completely yep. different three no doubt. So in third place I have Glingeddy okay. finishing third. I think I think he's a dark horse because I, but so much depends on how good that Cooper is across the season. Now, early testing videos, it looks yeah. quick. Um, I know any touring car going past the wall <laughs> at Brands Hatch looks quick, but this really, these cars look very, yeah. very fast indeed. But testing is testing, and the real uh, proof will be on track. But based on what I've seen, that car should be quick, and I'm going to go Glingendi in third. Also, Geddy's done pretty well last season. The two rounds he contested, he certainly looked pretty good. And he's been in the sport before. So, yeah. Uh, second, I'm going Dan Rowbottom. Um, okay. I think that when you look at the machinery, almost by default, yeah. he'll get good results because the car's good enough. And, you know, he should out-qualify, if nothing else, a lot Completely of his drivers more often than point. not. Um, yeah. Um but top, I've actually got Rick Parfitt Jr. Now, the reason being is that he is coming to the grid of a bit of pedigree. He's got a fair bit of racing experience yeah. and winning experience behind him. And he's in a car that... You slate, I, I believe. I know I've been a little bit... I, I don't sl- No, I don't slate the car. I slate <laughs> Ingram's decision to leave what he had for that car. But I think if you take the car in isolation, it's a pretty good car. It's just not better, yeah. in my opinion, than what Ingram had last year. But that's... that's yeah. In terms of this championship... That car is probably third best, I think. But in the hands of a driver who I think is better than the other two. So the, I think that's the third best car behind the Speedworks um, Toyota and behind the Dynamics okay. Honda. But with a better, in my opinion, a better, more experienced driver than the two people in it. Which a I driver think that hasn't been in touring season. cars before. I know he's been in GT racing. It's no, a but it's not a different kettle of fish to the yeah. door banging and stuff that we get in the touring cars and getting your elbows out and getting nasty. I don't disagree, but 
if you then flip it around on its head, he's going to have a heck of a uh, mentor in Tom Ingram to nurse him through those yeah, bits and yeah. pieces who's come through the school of hard knocks himself. Um, but arguably, so is Carl Bordley with Sutton alongside him in the same car. But on the flip side of that, there's seven drivers at that team who they've got to try and share resources through. I wonder if there's too many cooks at the broth, because obviously they've got this weird team hard partnership. Okay, there's four drivers that accelerate, granted, but one of two of them aren't racing in the uh, Jack Sears, and the other two, pro- being Ingram and Smiley, probably won't be championship contenders. Ingram might be, but I don't think he will be. Oh, harsh. Although, at, um, although having seen the livery for the Accelerate car that uh, Ingram's driving, I'm fairly sure he's just swapped the badge, to be honest, because it's a carbon <laughs> copy of last year's Toyota. But it, it does look quite a lot different at the back. I've seen some pictures from the back, and I know why they didn't take those shots in the uh, promos. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, that's my top slightly three. Slightly off topic. That's my top three. I think you know, the, the Motorbase Ford should be really quick. I just don't trust Osborne and Eaton it to be consistent enough over a season. Uh, I completely th- agree with you on that one. I do think, just before we get on to your top three, that this really is a make or break for Osborne this season because Andy Neat's not so expected to, but Osborne... You know, what more do you want? You, okay, you had your learning curve in the MG. You were then given a pretty good car last year and didn't do much with it. And now you've got probably even a better car than last yeah. season. You've really got yep. to kick on now. Okay, my three drivers that are going to be challenging for the title, I'm not, I'm not going to put a number on each of these. Yes, you um, are. I completely agree with you on Robottom. He is going to be up there in the top three. He should be challenging to have a teammate like Gordon Shedden, three-time British Touring Car Champion. He's going to know how to work that brand new, well, possibly brand new Honda Civic for for him. Um, and should be able to give him good amount of guidance depending on how competitive Shedden is in the actual title race. Uh, alongside those similar lines, as I mentioned, is Carl Bordley. Carl Bordley is in the championship winning car from last season. Yes, it's a step up for him, as in we know what this car can do. Last season, the BMW 1 Series was an ageing car, and there's a reason why it's not on the grid this season. Um, But I think in that Infinity, if he gets to grips with that early on, he could walk away with the title, I think. But that's only I've if he got, gets the grips with it. I've got a reason to why I don't think that's the case. Okay, and my third driver, considering how well he progressed last season and how consistent he was last season, and he kept himself out of trouble and out of incidents, is Jack Boutel. Yep, I I, I thought about Boutel. I'm just I'm not con- I'm not convinced he has the race pace but again that's difficult to tell in last yeah. year's machinery but I'm not sure but it, put put it this way if he finished in the top three or won it I no. wouldn't be surprised but I don't think he's quite there for the top three in my book yet the reason I don't think Bordley is because Adam Moffitt hasn't quite got to grips with that car yet who is a much more experienced driver now it might be a case that uh Bordley and this car just work. It happens and we, it might just work. We know that Bordley lights a rear-wheel drive car coming from his um, previous oval days. Yes, but he had. Yes, but he had yes, one last year. and there's a reason why it's not on the grid this year. <laughs> because it was bad well, last year. It, it got to the end of the line, just like the Volkswagen did. It it got to the end of the line. And 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 wasn't needed. 
Well, yes, but it was still arguably better than the Audi that Bobby Thompson was racing. Arguably, yeah. Which was even more ancient, and also hadn't had the same pedigree that the BMW had once had, or the support from WSR in providing it. So, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm not. I I think that Infinity is one of the probably one of the hardest cars to drive, and for some reason Sutton just has clicked with it. I, I Sutton don't can drive anything. Sutton I, could drive jet ski, drive a jet ski around most of the circuits quicker than some drivers. I mean, I'm sure going to be controversial here. I don't actually think it's a very good race car. I just think that for whatever reason, Sutton <laughs> just clicks with it because same as the Subaru. Yeah, exactly. The Subaru wasn't a very good race car, but for some reason, Sutton made it work. And I think it's the, the MG wasn't a very good race car. It was certainly on it on its way out yeah. when Sutton took it. Um, I just. I don't know. I'm not convinced that the Infinity is a good race car as such, which I think what is why Moffat has struggled with it and why it was at the championship for so long and why so many eyebrows were raised when it was brought back into the championship. Um, but it's gone on to but win it, the it's title. Working for it's, it's working for Sutton and that's absolutely fine. That's, that's yep. great. It's not a prop, but I'm not convinced it's a good race car for other drivers. Um, I, I agree with you to some extent uh, with Glingetti. He could be a surprise factor depending how quick that um, Leon Cooper is um, Nick Hamilton will very much depend how he gets on with the car um, and how he adapts to it as well agree with you on Osborne and Neat I think they're in good machinery but the pedigree and the experience that they carry is not going to propel them forwards too much Jade Edwards first year in touring cars obviously she had a round last season she'll be looking to learn that um, Honda Civic and I think she'll be getting to grips with it and if she does come good at the end of the season I think it'll be too late for the Jack Sears Trophy Yeah I'd agree I mean I, I don't think Edward's goal will be to win the Jack Sears this year no. because Maybe take um, a, a round or two somewhere Yeah I think that's more than possible but you know, her, her main focus this season is going to be getting to speed of the BTCC contesting you know being competitive but obviously you know, she'll want to win the Jack Sears yep. but when you realistically in your debut season, it's all about learning, really, isn't it? And and making sure you're there again next season. Um, and with Sam Sam Smelt is the one I'm really interested in because that car, as I say, should. I think it's the best car in the in the field of the Jack Sears yeah. runners. Yeah. I really do, on paper, and of course with manufacturer backing. But am I convinced Sam Smelt's going to have a good season? No, is the simple answer. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. He he was mediocre in the GTs um, he's only had yep. one season with Speedworks in the GTs and it, it was an okay season but it was a season where he was developing a new car in the, the Toyota Supra so I think moving into the Corolla again he'll have the same sort of issues and, and may struggle to adapt and work out the best way to be able to drive it because I believe he's moving from a rear wheel drive Supra into a front wheel drive Corolla yeah, and I think um, he's also got the added problem that Butcher will most likely hit the yep. ground running in it, and you only you can only compare yourself to your teammate. And whilst there is a, a gap between them in terms of experience in the touring cars, etc., it's going to be pretty disheartening if you're if if you are struggling to get to grips with the car and Butcher's winning yep. races in it. Um, but he he could be a surprise package, Smell. I mean, you know, if he won the Jack Sears, I wouldn't be surprised when you look at the equipment, but. I think he's a, a way back of some of the other drivers in that in that category. Yeah, I agree. Well, 
we hope well i hope that we've explained it um well enough and clearly enough for you um just a li- little add on to it the points scored in jack sears trophy i believe are along the same lines as the full championship points but obviously only for the drivers competing within the category so whoever finishes highest up gets the the points and so on and so forth um so that's why you may see some discrepancies between championship points in the main category and and the championship points in the jack sears um but yeah because you can you can finish 19th in the race but first in the jack sears yeah exactly exactly um, so I hope that we've explained it well, um, brought you up to date on it um, with the, the winners uh, from previous seasons and, and the history behind it. Uh, we'll be going into its ninth season this year. I wonder whether we'll have anything special for next year as long as it carries on, being its tenth season. Um, and yeah, we'll be be looking forward to giving it a little more coverage this season. We'll make sure we'll have a special slot for it in each of our uh, especially review shows of each weekend yeah I, I i'm happy to commit to that because i say it's a trophy that needs a little bit more love i think yep certainly any final thoughts mate um no i don't think so i think that's pretty much covered it all off um it's an interesting one because they say you know they are essentially either rookies or in quote inferior machinery so it's always quite difficult to call this one um yeah so i'm look, I look forward to it i look forward to the season ahead yeah, so do I. Um, we will be back sooner than you may think. Uh, we will have two preview podcasts for you before the season starts. It's not that far away now, by the way. Uh, start of May at Thruxton. Um, and we'll bring you fully up to date with all drivers on the grid, what we can expect from them, what machinery they're running, where we expect them to finish in the the championships and stuff like that. Uh, keep an eye on our website as well. We are uploading three articles a week at the moment doing the driver profiles for the season ahead and we will be carrying out full race reviews throughout the season as it gets underway and we would like to hear from you on your thoughts about us doing a few little podcasts between the big break we've got between um, Thruxton and Snetterton. Now that the calendar has been pushed back a little we were going to look to do um, that time when podcasts and and have a little sort of like history lesson of rem- memorable events. Say it was Plato taking out the three wins at Brands Hatch, or Danny Eves doing the same at Thruxton, I believe. Um, and we'll look back at those those famous events, or the Cleland and Soper at Silverstone that, that the great late great Murray Walker was speaking on. I'm number one, he says. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let us know what you'd want to hear in those and, and whether you want us to do them. Um, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we hope you all stay safe and uh, we uh, can now get down to the pub. So uh, I think we're going to be off for a pint and um, you should get one too. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 